Allison Davies joins me this week. She is a qualified elementary teacher, trainer of neurolinguistic programming, timeline therapy, as well as hypnotherapy. Allison has two children. Her daughter was diagnosed with a developmental disability and epilepsy. However, Allison focused on her daughter's strengths. And as a result, her daughter joined the cheerleading team for special abilities with Team Canada. Allison has some great advice and techniques that both parents and educators would find helpful. Enjoy listening to this episode. Today, I speak with Allison Davies. She is a teacher, trainer, coach, and lifelong learner. Hello, Allison. Hello, Ainsley. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be asked to be on your show. Oh, thank you for coming. I'm so happy to have you on. And I've been so excited for this interview because you are a wealth of knowledge. You have so much of experience in different fields. And I think you could offer a lot of um, help to um, parents and educators in the field of um, education, as well as um, your own experiences as a parent. So um, thank you for being on. No, this is going to be fun. I uh, love sharing all the things that I've learned along the way. And some learned the easy way and some learned the hard way. That's great. So maybe for our listeners um, who don't know you, could you just give a little bit uh, of a background about who you are, please? Yeah. So a little bit about me is that I am uh, an elementary teacher. I have a Bachelor of Education for the elementary grades. And that is really where it started on my journey because I enjoy teaching and sharing knowledge. And, and then, you know, I stayed home for a little while uh, as my daughter, when she was born, had special abilities and I, I valued being home with her and financially we could. So that was a choice that we had made. And then it, it got to the point where I felt like I was losing uh, who I was in my identity and went back to school uh, to become a registered holistic nutritionist which then spurred on trying to understand why my clients, as well as myself, wasn't getting the results uh, that they wanted. And I started to really look into further and explore about the mind and how does it work and what is happening unconsciously, consciously. And then of course, as you know, Ainsley, as soon as you start to really explore one thing and our love of learning, it just led to then me, me becoming a trainer because now we're full circle and I'm training other adults all about neuro-linguistic programming, which understands your mind and how the, your language is and how it is programmed and how we can program it for success, as well as something else called timeline therapy, which allows us to let go of uh, all the anger and sadness and fear, all those th negative emotions that are holding us back, uh, as well as any limiting beliefs. And on top of that, because if that is just not enough, then I'm also a trainer in hypnotherapy. And that has a really allowed uh, a lot more uh, 
deeper growth for people when we, you know, experience that. And, and we can talk about that further as we go along. So in a nutshell, that's what I do. Yeah. That's amazing. Yep. You've got lots of skills and knowledge. So I'm really excited to talk to you today. And um, I wanted to start with uh, you being a teacher, you, you yourself were a teacher um, in the classroom, but you've used those skills now to teach adults, which is great. Um, do you have a preference in terms of teaching children or adults? It's really different. It's like saying, do you like orange juice or do you like lemonade? They're both great. They're just different. And your approach is different. And really that is the key difference. Uh, I mean, let's be real. Some of the adults want to throw a temper tantrum in there in the classes too, right? Like same thing. Um, and I really, what I really, really like, as I know you do too, is when you see the transformation, when you see that light bulb go off and you see they got it and there's been a huge shift. And what I love about teaching what I teach now is it's really about empowerment. And it's not that I wasn't as a teacher, it was more about content, although I'm sure I'd be different now going back, is it's really about empowerment and a, awakening the person inside who they feel that they are not which I guess reflection right now that would be the same with kids wouldn't it that's true so yeah yeah it, there's quite the overlap it's just how you approach it is differently that's very true yeah definitely so I I, I I've had those moments where I absolutely love teaching and have those sort of light bulb moments in my in, in my students and and it's such a great feeling and and definitely a feeling of reward and satisfaction. So, um, so you have two children of your own. How old are your children? So my daughter, who has special abilities, is twenty one, and my son is nineteen, and he's currently in first year of university doing that all virtual. So, you know, that definitely um, this pandemic has been like a roller coaster, like it has for everyone else. And, you know, I do really feel because my kids are older, so it's totally different with this lockdown, those parents that uh, were doing the homeschooling, plus trying to work like my heart went out um, to those parents. And yet, we had our own different kind of roller coaster because my daughter didn't have the routine uh, that she was normally part of and trying to listen to me at times, as many parents will know, some, uh, uh, one person can say one thing and they'll totally do it and then you say it and they don't, right? Because mm -hmm. you're the mom. Um, so, you know, it definitely has had its ups and downs um, in terms of how do I handle it best? And luckily, you know, I have a lot of tools in my toolbox that I was just pulling out and seeing which one worked. Mm. What have you noticed uh, that's worked the best or, or that you found success with? Well, there's moments where um, it needs to be firm that there's going to be things taken away. Should they not, uh, like my daughter, not uh, do things? And other times it's the motivation. And it's really picking and choosing at that time uh, of which will get the results that you want. Another aspect um, is really giving choice. And yet it's choice that has limitations, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, I want her to get up at 10 o'clock. 
So I'm asking her, does she want to get up at 10 o'clock? Cause she's like 21 and wants to sleep in. Right. You want to get up at 10 o'clock or do you want to get up at seven o'clock? And she's like, not seven o'clock. And then she's like, okay, fine. I'll get up at 10. Um, so it was like still providing choice because, you know, they need to feel empowered, but it's still within your realm. And now if she gets up at 1030, I'm not going to be all over her like a dirty shirt, uh, just because I know that she needs to feel in control. Mm-hmm. And really, that's the bottom line with um, working with anyone, uh, the kids in particular, they want to feel valued and heard, but within boundaries. And I, I think that Uh, Kids do need the boundaries because they don't have the ability to know and see the bigger picture of why they're doing what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's true. So has your daughter stayed connected with friends of hers online during this pandemic? Yeah, definitely. I'm going to tell you Zoom has been a godsend for us uh, because she's still been doing her dance classes. She's still been doing her yoga practice like every day. And she has been also connected with her uh, YMCA has a special program just for them. Uh, It's more of a social program. So she sees them all the time. And those honestly uh, have been uh, our saving grace because she gets excited to see them on the screen and she's physically active. So in, in a very positive way. So it's been win-win in that sense, um, in terms of wanting to read with me, everything, there needs to be a lot more reward and guidance in terms of that. Um, and it's funny though, because you know it's easy to focus on her. And yet my son who's been in university um, and, you know, and I'm sure many people have been experiencing that burnout from being in the same spot all day, every day, not um, going from room to room or going to work or going to a classroom is it's been waning on motivation and uh, procrastination and just that overall feeling of happiness. And uh, what we have inspired in my son is to actually use uh, the tools and meditation And um, he really was wide open when he was doing his exams for uh, hypnosis so that um, it changed the story from this, I'm not going to remember to all the right things come and all the right, all the information is there. It's just when we're in a calm state, then it's easier to remember. And then, you know, we implemented some other things. Um, and, and important breaks in between, right? Um, what I have really learned about procrastination, and this goes for everyone, not just for kids, is a lot of the time we're, we're missing that. Uh, if you can remember back in science, when you have a chemical release in your brain that makes you feel happy, and it's called dopamine. And really what's happening with the procrastination is that we're having a dopamine crash. And so we need something in order to get that fix back. So what I often suggest and recommend, even for self, you know, like I am not privy for, you know, procrastination sneaking up on me. And what I do is I change my task, make it so it's successful, no matter how small it is. And then when you sit back, you're feeling good. 
and successful. And then you're more apt to do what you're uh, supposed to do. So there's been a lot of shifting of your mind and uh, really owning what you're doing and doing it with the best that you can. Mm -hmm. And then also remember you're human. Like we feel these things and kids feel all of these things that we're feeling too. And remember that. Mm -hmm. That's very true. true. Yeah, no, that's great advice. I love that. Um, Dopamine crash, that term. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's a good one to remember. And also just to be kind to ourselves during this time, all the time, but especially this time is really important. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, um, do you find that um, the school has been um, supportive during this time? I think um, well, my daughter uh, has been in an adult program and we're in the middle of looking for one. Uh, so that really kind of fell by the wayside there. And I, I feel that universities are, are trying with my son um, as best as they can. And I know a lot of colleagues who are teachers and um, they were doing the best that they can and engage that. I think a lot of the kids that were suffering the most through this are the ones that have more um, uh, support required. Um, that they weren't getting from home um, as, but as much as a parent can do in terms of teaching them, but also teaching from that perspective and getting that support. And uh, it really made me begin to reflect on everything that I've learned because um, we often know uh, what we believe is true. Whatever you think you are, is true because you can't do more than what you believe you are. And this is where I was talking to you uh, on another moment about labels. And especially in the education field, uh, there is a lot of labels that like to be added on. And these labels, when we're in the school setting, yes, they're fantastic in terms of ensuring from a parent's perspective that you know you have a label, other people understand what it is, and they'll be more up to get the support that is needed. However, there is a downside to this label because what happens is it's like the self-fulfilling prophecy. Whatever you believe is true. And if you are limited or you limit yourself based on your ability, then you'll never really step out of that uh, label. And as, as an example, uh, so my daughter is in special abilities cheerleading and there was a young man there and he was uh, autistic and he was saying, you know, to one of the coaches, well, I can't do this and this because of my autism. And it was all about scheduling and, and understanding time. And, and she's like, no, I have the same problems. Uh, and it, it can be challenging. And he's like, what? I thought it was just me because of my special abilities. And so that's where he was really um, using it as a crutch of why he can't do something. And rather than being really forward with that. And honestly, when my daughter was first diagnosed and she has developmental disability and epilepsy and Never in a million years would I have really known of what she can do and what she has achieved to this day. 
and never would I think that she would represent Team Canada at World's Cheerleading and wear Team Canada uniform. And if I wasn't always pushing and allowing her to grow and be the best that she can be, I don't even think my son knew that she had a special abilities until he was seven or eight because I never focused on that. I never focused on what she can't do. I always focused on what she can do and focused on her strengths. Because when we are feeling confident and successful, then we will do more than if we're feeling frustrated and overwhelmed. It just is, it doesn't matter who you are. That is the same for kids and adults. And she would not have been able to do all of that and dream big if I kept her small in a box saying she can't do that. Another example would be, say someone says, oh, she's really shy. She's really shy. No. And that, you know, they ask a question and I, I'm, I mean, I'm guilty of this until I learned, you know, the, the truth of it. And uh, when my daughter was young, I totally said that too. And what happens though, is they begin that they are shy. They begin to believe that they are shy and that they can't speak up with people. When in essence, they totally can, but because the parents kept saying it, you firmly believe it. And then you grow up to be an adult and believe that you cannot speak with adults that, because you're super shy and you can't. And so it really does influence what we say to our kids and really think about how can you promote their strengths. And when they're feeling like they can't do it, I've been shifting my talk because of all the things that I've learned to, oh yeah, you just don't have the neurons yet. You're totally going to get there. You just don't have those yet. And that is the most empowering things. There was actually a study done in, uh, I think it was in Harlem, uh, New York. And it was all these kindergarten kids. And they had told the teacher going in that these kids are very challenged. They're, you know, they're slow and everything. And, you know, they performed very low on the standardized tests. The following year, they were told the teacher. They were told the teacher that these kids are gifted. They have incredible capabilities, and that they can do anything that they, you know, challenge them to do. And then they performed. They shifted everything based on this whole neurology perspective, and they performed the best in the country. And so it just goes to show you your belief in what they can do is the only limitation that they should have mm -hmm. and dream big. Mm -hmm. And if you install that in your kids, then it's going to be the greatest gift that you can give them. That's beautiful. I love that. Yeah. I know that study very well. It's, um, it's, uh, about growth mindset. And, uh, I know I've talked about this in the past where it's, um, it's so empowering. You know, I think that a lot of children get stuck on what they can't do and their limiting um, abilities. And if you just add that word yet, not there yet, or haven't learned that yet, it makes a huge difference. It so really does. I completely agree with what you're saying. And um, I think that study was done by Dr. Carol Dweck. 
Yes, that's it. I, I, I was racking my brain. I'm like, I can see the name. I couldn't come with it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for filling that in. Yes. Her book, Phenomenal. Her TED talk is amazing. And uh, I think educators and parents can learn from that. Even, you know, just personal growth as well. You start really, yeah. as you say, self-talk um, makes a big difference as well. So yeah, that's great. Yeah. I think that that's a big shift that's going on in, in schools right now. There's more emphasis on growth mindset rather than fixed mindset, because I think there's this idea that children are born with, you know, either being smart or not. And, and actually when you start applying um, yourself, you know, I think it's, it you can actually get to the same, the same um, uh, point that these other students who, you know, sort of have it naturally, um, yeah. you know, or, or just remember things maybe a little bit more easily. Um, and uh, I think it's, uh, I think it's amazing that there's, um, there's a big change. In, and I love the fact that they've done a lot of research on this and, and uh, tested it out. So it's great. Yeah, there's a lot of amazing techniques in the neuro-linguistic uh, programming world that can really uh, help with some of the learning challenges that some of the kids use. And it's really, sometimes it's just one time that you're working with them and it shifts there uh, because they're using the wrong um, rep system to learn. And when you shift it to the the most ideal way, um, especially for school, then, then they tend to soar after. And, it, and it's really amazing uh, to see that. And it's really with the premise, like even when I'm coaching with people, um, I know without a shadow of a doubt that they are the most amazing person. And these behaviors don't make who they are. It's just their behaviors. It's not who they are. And their behaviors can change. And if we just keep focusing on that, especially when we're in those struggling times, like, trust me, I'm in those mentally struggling times with my daughter and some days are great and some days are other. And it's really the, the great days are when I'm grounded and when I had great rest and I'm patient. And the other times is when I'm stressed out or I'm tired or you know, something's not working and then I'll just be short with her. Yet it's not, and then she has her own temperaments to add to that, right? Mm -hmm. So it's really about um, being empathetic and compassionate to self and to others. Because anything my daughter has taught me, and I mean like truly taught me, is that everyone just wants to be loved, valued, and respected. Mm -hmm. Every single person. That's amazing. I love how you said that what she taught you, you know, I think everybody that we meet, they're always teaching us something. And um, it's just, it's really beautiful how you said that. Thank you. She's taught me so much more. Um, and I'm in the middle of writing, or, you know, more in the beginning stages of how it will be uh, of writing that book of how I see, how my daughter sees me. So how do I see myself through my daughter's eyes? Because it's very different than how I perceived myself before I was blessed with her. Mm -hmm. And she has definitely taught me patience. That is for sure. And to celebrate the small wins, 
That is another thing because you never know when those big ones are going to come. And so you celebrate everything, all the little things along the journey, not just at the end. And that's another thing that she definitely has taught me. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I've, I've noticed it in my own experience working with uh, children with additional uh, needs that, um, yeah, it's definitely those small wins, but those are massive. And I think you need to have those celebrations because, um, and it makes them feel good too. You know, it's, it's such a feeling of satisfaction and they can pick up that energy. Yeah. Um, you know, I've worked with children who are nonverbal and and they use the PEC system and they start using even just one or two words and it's amazing, you know, and you really do need to celebrate those times and document them. So I completely agree with you. Well, and you brought up a a great point about energy too, Mm -hmm. because I know, um, my daughter was starting to uh, spiral and just kind of, um, and not a temper tantrum, but just kind of get all antsy and all upset. And I remember I just took really deep breaths. It was for more for myself, but then I saw her come down and kids tend to match our energy. And if we think we're hiding it, we're not right. Uh, and it reminded me of a, a time when we were in a helicopter and I'm scared of heights. And we were, you know, in Hawaii and we're flying all around and then we're going up in a, looking over a volcano and you know of course the air currents and everything are a little there so you're dipping and everything I was like (gasps) and I started to feel that in myself and my daughter started to respond and then I was like oh I need to calm down she I don't want her to react because then it's hard to bring her down and so I was like deep breathing deep breathing and then she just mirrored me and came down so it's definitely an amazing tool if your child is really starting to lose it, check where you're at and come down and then just even off like in, and be obvious about how you're deep breathing and they will come down too. Like it is, uh, as you know, on some of the uh, fields that you do in your Pilates and yoga and all of those things, the deep, the breathing is really important. And it's really important for us to, um, share that knowledge and, and just do it with our kids. Definitely. Yeah. I think meditation, you brought it up earlier, but I think it goes back to like meditation or, you know, I do Pilates as well, breathing exercises and breathing work. And I've, I've used it in my classroom and I also used it when we were in lockdown as well. And, um, and I just think that there's so much value in it, um, for our own, personal uh, health um, and well-being and to to teach that to children now I think is really important um, because these are life skills you know if if they can figure out a way to or know how to help themselves in a holistic way I think that's that's a huge win Um, and not relying on medication or you know I mean obviously there's some things that might not be To, to fix with just breath work, but, you know, in terms of um, fear or panic or decision-making, anything that um, might cause um, a little bit of uh, tension in the body, I think it's, it's, um, it's really, really helpful. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yes. 
So, yeah. So um, I also wanted to bring back, there was a word that you, that um, you mentioned earlier, and I think it's really um, a, like, it's a really good one to use and um, it's can. And I, I think that I over, I, I listened to something just recently and children can hear the word cannot, can't, um, so many times in their lifetime before the age of 18, that it is mind boggling. I can't remember the number, but it's just one of those words that's such a simple thing that I think, you know, parents, um, educators, uh, just everybody can start using more of because I think it's quite limiting if you don't. Um, so what else could you can you um, add to that? Well, it's really uh, fascinating because when you dive in deep to the unconscious mind, conscious mind, and that's really where I'm going to go here, is the unconscious mind cannot process negatives. And that is, you know, cannot, can't, don't, shouldn't, won't, all those things that we just don't like to um, here in ourselves, we tend to dig in our heels almost, but your unconscious mind doesn't hear that. And even if you're saying, oh, I, I want to do this so I uh, don't get bad grades, hmm. all your un unconscious mind heard was I will get bad grades. And even that as a parent, so you have to say it how you want it. If I said to you, don't think of a blue tree, you will automatically think of a blue tree or something blue or, you know, some variation of that. Because I said, don't, you didn't hear that. You just automatically do. So you always want to say it how you want it, not how you don't want it. And I want you to think about this. It's so powerful and can make a huge difference in your life and your family's life. Because if you say how you want it, then that's what they're going to go after. Let me give you an example. And this is kind of like a simple uh, thing. And it's not to do with kid, um, you know, kids directly. However, it proves a point. So a girlfriend of mine was um, you know, really busy and her husband wanted to be sweet and bring her a treat from the grocery store. You know, Because grocery store is such an outing these days. And She's, he was like, what kind of chocolate do you want me to get? He's being all sweet. And she's like, I don't know, whatever. He goes, no, no, no. Tell me which ones do you want? She goes, oh, anything but uh, chocolate that have fruit and nuts. No chocolate, fruit, and nuts. Like, I, I just don't like that. He goes, okay, awesome. So he gets to the grocery store and he's doing all the grocery shopping. And then he goes, oh, right, the chocolate. What did she say? Fruit and nuts. Right, that's what I'll get. So he didn't hear anything but or nothing, like no fruit nuts, because he didn't hear the negative. We just unconsciously remove it. So what I, it, it's a skill and if you say it wrong, then just say it right after. Don't worry about if you said it wrong, like just really correct yourself and go, oh wait, I want it this way. And, and really focus on saying it in a positive way, because then that is what your child will hear. But more importantly, not just your child, yourself. And when you're speaking positively 
to yourself and to everyone around, that is what they model because that is what they see being done. So then it, it, will, it will have a ripple effect for everyone all around. And it is so powerful to just take out can't and do the can and say it how you want it, not how you don't. Super, super, super. If you take anything from this podcast, that is like the gem right there. That's amazing. No, that's great. Um, and that's, not, that's actually a perfect way to sort of wrap up um, this interview because I love what you just said. And um, yeah, if, if there's anything else that um, you wanted to bring up, um, this would be an ideal time. So Alison, is there anything else that you wanted to add to this, um, to this um, conversation that we haven't spoken about yet? I think it's a, just a matter of, I know as parents, we, we tend to, um, but really believe that your child can do anything and everything, even if they have um, some type of learning challenges or, you know, there is some, something there, focus on their strengths because that will then overshadow those weaknesses and they will far outdo what you ever in a million years would think they would do. Because as my daughter represented Canada, would I have ever thought that? No. And so they are a gift and they have magic in them that will shine if you are there to help them. Wow, that's amazing. Well, I feel so grateful that we had a chance to talk and you've shared so much wisdom and tools and um, your children are really lucky to have a mom like you who has all these skills uh, that she is able to apply to her parenting. So um, I thank you for, thank you so much for coming on today. And thank you for having me. For speaking with, with me and sharing your ideas with our listeners. So I hope to have you on again. Um, there's so much I wanted to talk to you about, but um, I'd love to have you on again because um, um, I love speaking with you. So <laughs> well, I would love to. Yeah. yeah, that would be great. So thanks again. And I, um, I hope to have you on another time, Alison. Awesome.